Principal Matters podcast, episode 305. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Schwanke, author, school leader, the author of a new book, The Teacher's Principle, that you can find at ASCD or on Amazon. Jen Schwanke, welcome back. We're going to be talking this week, really kind of a part two to feedback for first year principals. And I wanted to just kind of go back into history a little bit because it was probably five years ago when I first picked up your book, you were the principal, now what? And I know since then you've had uh, multiple lifetimes um, <laughs> and in multiple books and we've been through pandemics and you've been through changes in leadership, but, but you wrote that book from the perspective of a veteran principal who had been a teacher for many years, but who knew enough at that point to say, hey, I've learned a few things. For those of you that are stepping into this for the first time, and maybe you can avoid some of the mistakes I've made. And in my case, when I read that book, I also appreciated the fact that you were able to say, let me even like give you some scenarios. Like I'm going to just walk you through scenarios. Pretend you're talking to a, a teach a resistant teacher and here's the how that conversation might go. Pretend you're talking to a parent with a concern. Here's how that conversation might go. And so you not only just walk through some really helpful strategies, but you also give lots of scenarios for people to consider, almost like scripts for them to just kind of think through before they've had that conversation themselves. So I, I wanted to just come back to that this week because you and I are both looking online and seeing a lot of first-year principals that are celebrating their new positions. And we wanted to provide some content for folks that are thinking about things like the following. And I'm just going to read some of the things that you talk about in that book, establishing productive professional relationships, building positive school culture, resolving conflicts among staff or parents, providing effective instructional leadership, supporting students' social emotional needs, managing facilities, and budgets, leading effective meetings. And then Jen, you're familiar with my book, Principal Matters, which was my first book on how principals can build effective leadership in schools. And in that book, I break down some of the categories of leadership that involve the different hats that leaders wear, like the hat of the coach or the manager or the communicator or the team player. And so I, I wanna give that big global view first for listeners, but then I just wanted to circle back with you and just ask you to, if you were talking to a brand new principal sitting down for coffee with you, what are some of the areas that you would say, mm, I would, I would start here. I would think about these areas as I'm un, as I'm unpacking my first year's responsibilities. You know, I think I'm imagining myself in a coffee shop with a chai tea and thinking about what I'd say. Um, and, and we did discuss this in an earlier episode. I think that the, the best advice I could give would be don't do anything in a hurry and recognize that your arrival on the scene is causing some people to worry about what it means for them, if that makes sense. So 
um, a little side story that is relevant. My daughter rides horses at a nearby barn and it's been owned by the same people for 20 years. Well, it just got new owners and the new owners are, are fabulous, wonderful people, but they are coming in and they're saying things like there's going to be big changes. You just wait. We have plans. It's going to be incredible. It's going to change. And, and all of us veterans are sitting there thinking, but we like it. We really like it. <laughs> and so that isn't to say that it isn't going to end up to be a, a wonderful change, but it's causing anxiety. And a lot of it is internal. So I always imagine those teachers who, you know, even when they were on the interview committee and when they advocated for your hire, they may be still be worried. What does this new principal's arrival mean for me? And in that sense, one of the, the best things I think a, a new principal can bring to the, the school or to meetings or to the room they're in is a sense of reassurance that the, the school may change, but not without collaboration, not without input, not without time, and not without students always at the center of decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, if you give yourself that gift of time, it does a couple of things, not least of which is it takes the responsibility off of you, you know, to, to think I might have to be in charge of any decision impacting all of these people going forward. That's a huge responsibility. And you don't need to take that on because the first few months should just be research, just learning, just thinking, just asking questions and saying, Hey, tell me more about that. Um, and, and not in a way that is judgmental about previous leadership. That's a big no-no, I think. You want to not say, God, why did your previous principal do that? Because as you've said before, Will, there are people who love the previous principal. There are people who may have initiated the very thing that you're questioning. And so you'll want to remember that gathering information and gaining perspective does not mean judging the past in a negative way. I love that. And I'm going to add some um, handles to that idea of doing your research. And I'm going to put those in three categories, Jen. And um, I'm going to put them in the categories of people, procedures, and policies, because those are all dynamics that are really important that you take time to study. And so I would say to a new principal too, if you're going to do your homework, that means first start with your people. Who are the people you're directly serving um, who are the people that you're directly supervising? And do you know how many you have and who they are and what they do and what their functions are? Get to know them and get to know them, not just in the responsibilities that they entail, but also as people and human beings and make sure that they know who you are as a person and a human being. And then look at your procedures because there's going to be already in place a map of the way your school has operated in the past, whether that's a master schedule or the school calendar, or whether that's built through the, the way you've mapped your curriculum. But there are lots and lots of procedures that have been in place before you came, and that may need some tweaking as you step in, et cetera. But that's, that's like navigating a map before you go on a hike. You're, you're figuring out what are the procedures involved here, so make sure that I'm navigating correctly, that I'm not falling off a cliff, and that I'm understanding the lay of the land, because procedures are important so that you can be ready for them and maybe guide some areas where you see holes. And then last but not least, and this is probably the least favorite area, but it's really important for school leaders to study your policies 
And that just doesn't mean the policies that affect your own school, but your entire district, because sometimes there are things that are, that are within your control and there are many things that are not within your control. And so understanding your policies means doing some homework and reading and, and really digging in. You would be surprised how many districts have policies for which the people who work there do not read them until there's a crisis. And then they dig into the policy to figure out, okay, how are we supposed to legally respond to this based on our policies? If you know that on the front end, then you're a lot better prepared for like if a decision is appealed or if there's a Title IX complaint, or if you have a, an employee that's <clears throat> asking for extended leave, whatever those things are, take time ahead of time to study those things. So I think people, procedures, and policies are a good place to start for anyone, um, because it, I think that fits small settings, middle settings, and large settings. Many people don't even know where the policies are found on their website. They, do, they don't even know, because policies and procedures and guidelines are I think one of the most active ways um, that educators practice oral history, if that makes sense, because we talk to one another, we say things like, oh no, we don't allow open enrollment in our district. And you might say, okay, well, there's probably a policy out there that explains that whole thing. Or people might say, um, oh, cell phones in this district, they're um, turned off, powered off in the locker. And then you think, really? Because I see kids right now with a cell phone. I wonder what the policy says. And so one of the, the best moves to your point that I think a new principal can make is don't try to memorize them all. There's thousands, right? Thousands of them, but you can, um, you can find out where they are and find however your district has them organized. Usually they are by number. And, um, if your district has some sort of a policy expert or, or, legal counsel that does a policy training, find that person, because then you can at least know where to find them when you need them. And if you ever have five, 10, 15 minutes, and you're thinking, I wonder why it is that our school does this thing, you can dig in to find out. And, and if you don't find a why, then you go out and find those historians that are walking your halls and say, hey, tell me, tell me why we do this again, because guaranteed there's someone there that was at the, you know, at the table when decisions were made. Yes. And I'm going to give a really boring suggestion, <laughs> super, super boring suggestion that might be helpful. This is what I would do every single year too, my first year, and it continued through my 14 years as an admin. I always kept a copy, a printed copy of my student handbook on my desk. It was like my little Bible because I was responsible for enforcing everything in there. And throughout the year, and it happened every single year, as something would come up in our practice that rubbed against our policy or our mm -hmm. procedures, I would write a little note and stick it in that part of the book. My, my little sticky tab would go there. And all year long, I would just add little sticky tab notes to that book so that by the spring semester, I could pull together a team of leader teachers and say, hey, let's start talking about what changes we might need to be making for the handbook next year. Now, and, oh, here's all the notes I've been taking throughout the year, some things we might want to consider. Because you can't change all those things once school started. You, right. you can't go to the board and say, we need to change all right. our policy. Too late. Um, but you can be making note of those things as you go through a year so that you can, in a reasonable way, make suggestions that may or may not be accepted that might affect your school or right. may even affect district policy, too. So that's my very boring, my sticky tab well, I'm not going to let you move on from that because it's a very important point you make. I remember once a, a teacher came up to me and said, what's your homework policy? And I said, mine? 
or our districts, because those, I, I think they're supposed to be aligned, but I'm not sure how to answer that question. Many times people don't know what they mean when they say policy. Policy mm-hmm. is something that your district, your board of education has said, hey, we're doing it this way. Mm-hmm. But your personal policy, which might mean, I, I don't know, I'm making this up. All children are going to wash their hands before lunch. It's doubtful that is in some sort of an official board of educated board of education adopted policy, but it might be yours or it might be an individual teacher's policy where the teacher across the hall doesn't follow that policy. And so then people are asking you what the policy is. So yeah. just know the distinction there because sometimes new principals find themselves in the crosshairs of what people think they mean when they ask questions about policy. And really they want to know what you want. Tell me what you expect here. That's, and and that's the big difference. Well, and that's an important distinction. I know you and I are both um, education leader nerds now, Jen, that we can get, we can start I'm dissecting these different words, but that's, that's so true because I had to learn the difference too, between procedure and policy, right? Because someone might say, what's your policy? And I would say, have to, and I would have to ask myself the question, are they going to challenge the policy? Right. Because if they're challenging <laughs> the policy, it better be board policy, right? But if they're challenging a procedure, then I better have it in writing so that at least that procedure was something I communicated and everyone agreed to ahead of time. So there's a difference between procedures and board policy. Now your handbooks, for instance, and this may differ from state to state, but I'll just give you my experience. Your student handbooks that you can put together to begin a year out, if they're taken to the board and approved ahead of time, then those are board approved handbooks. But a lot of them are procedures that also contain policies because there's gonna be some stuff in there that's just district policy. This is the way it has to be done in every setting, every time, every place. Um, but some of the things that are procedural, they differ from school to school. And they some districts give you that levity because what worked at the elementary may not work at the middle, may not work at the high school. We don't have the same schedules half the time or even the same personnel or, or developmentally um, aged kids. So, so I do think that it, it's an important distinction between the two. Um, but while we're on documentation, I'll say this to new principals too. Um, and this is so nerdy, Jen, but it just helps. It really is important to, to, as you're communicating with kids, students, and your staff and teachers, your team members, these expectations at the beginning of a year, because that's what these things should be, that you also document that they actually received that from you. Right, and so, right. so it's, I know that sounds old school boring to say, I'm presenting these expectations to you and I'm passing around this sheet of paper that actually asks you to write down that you received these things with today's date. Because later, when those questions come up to you about, um, were, was I informed about these procedures and policies? The answer should be yes, you were. In fact, here's your signature on the day that we talked about these things together, or when I talked to your child about these things, if it's age appropriate. Um, and so documentation, understanding your people and procedures and policies also means covering your butt um, and making sure that you've done the documentation so that you can later show that you've been studying and communicating with your people, procedures, and policies. A principal called me once from, I I believe he was from Michigan, and he was really struggling with one of his teachers. He said, no matter what happens when she doesn't do what she's supposed to do, she says, well, I was never told. No one told me. I wasn't told. And I said to him, well, find a way to have your response be, actually, yes, you were. And here's when, and not to be, not to be nasty, but just to make sure that you are informing this teacher so that when she comes at you with, well, I was never told as an excuse for poor behavior or poor professional 
um, decision-making, you can say, um, no, I'm taking that away. You know what I love about this conversation, Will, is this isn't for new principles. This is for everybody. I think even <laughs> somebody, you know, if I could, if I ever do go back and be a principal, I think this is exactly what I should do is start with any changes in policy within my district, learn the procedures, figure out how it applies to my school. This is, this is good stuff for everybody. Well, this is one of the reasons why, and, uh, and this is not a, a secret. I've talked about this in other settings, but it's a little embarrassing. I don't know why it embarrasses me to say this every year, but the very, the first, probably because it shows what a nerd I was as a teacher, <laughs> the first four years that I was in the classroom every summer, I read Harry Wong's book on classroom management every summer and every, and I would take notes every summer. And then I would come and I was a high school teacher reading Harry Wong's what's the first it days of school, the first days of school. And I would take notes and I would like figure out how, how am I going to tweak my room? How am I going to tweak my procedures? And as nerdy as that was, it worked. And the reason it worked is because it gave me permission to really study the importance of processes and procedures so I could actually do what I wanted to do as a teacher. Because what I really wanted to do as a teacher is teach and, and watch my kids have moments of awe and inspiration and, and connect with them and, and see them grow. But you know, those things weren't possible without that nitty gritty of understanding the power processes and procedures and setting up my room in the right ways and communicating that to my kids and my teachers or my parents and and getting them to document that they had received. I mean, all those little things. Now apply that now to the school level, to the school-wide level. As a leader, it's not any different. And I know I'm a broken record. You can listen to one of my podcasts and you've heard all of them. But but it's the same application for, for leadership when you take the time to do those things, to study your people processes and procedures and policies. And then you tweak those systems and processes. Then you get to do what you like, right. which is be a leader, which right. is be with kids and, 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 and have meaningful conversations and watch growth happen and solve problems and, and, and apply the, the strengths and in, in the learning that you've taken so much time to work on to become a leader. Um, but they don't have, one can't happen without the other. And none of it happens instantaneously. Mm -hmm. I, I tell new principals all the time. You do not need to be a master of all this day one. Nobody expects you to. Um, when I, when I stepped into a principal job for the first time, I had been an assistant for some years and I switched grade levels. You know, I was a secondary person and I, um, took over an elementary mid-year and the superintendent who remains one of my favorite human beings of all time, Dave Axner out there. Hello. Um, I said to him, I don't know anything about elementary. Are you kidding me? I said, I hear they have recess. My gosh, what do I do with that? And he laughed at me and said, all you need to do is go in there and be nice to them. And he didn't say who them was. Now I know who them was. It was everybody. It was the students. It was the parents. It was the teachers. They'd been through a hard time. And so I thought that's something I can do. I can go in and be nice. And, you know, he was a wise man because he knew I would learn as I went, but that was the only thing I had to do day one, just go in and be nice. And it's such a simple concept. It's really what we learn our first day of kindergarten too. But I, I say that because new principals should really not feel like they have to have everything mastered. You know, what policy 5136 is, you don't need to know that you need to go in and learn, just be a learner and be kind and get to know the people. Like you've said, I agree. Now I'm going to drill down a little bit, Jen, because we, you know, we've talked in, <clears throat> in, 
large terms about um, these areas of of those first few days, months, you, that first year of, of learning. But um, there is one area that I see that kind of eats the lunch of leaders more than anyone. And I don't know about your experience, but I think you'll agree with me. And that's, that's student discipline. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think it would also be really important for those of you that are stepping in, and this is the first year to really understand the lay of the land when it comes to what, again, what your, what your, what your student procedures and policies are for just common behavior issues that you're going to confront consistently. And that might be attendance. It might be tardies. It might be student conflict. It might be situations that are prone to violence. It might be disrespectful attitude, whatever it is, but knowing on the front end, what those expectations and procedures look like so that you are prepared because those are things you're going to hit inevitably. And so kind of talking to some veteran leaders too, to make sure that yours is that you're consistently expecting what's going to happen and how you're going to respond to that and having those. Um, and I know this is nitty gritty too, Jen, but depending on where you are, understanding your student information system, understanding how you're going to enter that data and information to, for record keeping, mm-hmm. knowing what kinds of documentation go back to parents and forms of letters, you know, just kind of walk through some of those scenarios ahead of time. Even if you have to pretend like something just happened and take it from the beginning to the end of that whole process, walk yourself through that process so that all of those sequences and processes are kind of mapped out because it, those are the situations that get very emotional, very fast. And the last thing you want to do in those situations is to just shut down because you don't know how to print a letter or you don't know where to enter the information. What people need from you in those moments is, is a leader who's calm and collected and, and calming a situation that's already out of control. And so understanding those processes on the front end can be really helpful. And one of the best ways to do that, Jen, is just to talk to other leaders who, who've walked through the same scenarios in similar settings or maybe in the school before you or if you're on a team that maybe they've been there already. So I don't know if you want to add to that, but th- that is an area that I think is sometimes can be, can eat your lunch when it comes to, to procedures and policies that first year. As you were talking, I was wishing I had done that. Well, <laughs> my first year, I wish I had literally walked through a situation and said, okay, let's pretend a student punched another student. What, what do I do? And I wish I had sat with a veteran principal or a guidance counselor and said, no, like literally all the way through, we're going to print out the paper. We're going to do the intent to suspend. Tell me how I would investigate. Tell me how to take notes because you're right. Of all the, of all the things this job brings discipline was the one thing that would make my head fall into my hands and think I, I can't do this. You know, um, it's, it can be so disheartening, especially when you're on a roll and you're making improvements and you're connecting with teachers and things are going well. And then there's a discipline issue and there goes seven hours of your day. It can be just gone. And so, um, I I think you're right. The preparedness for that, we think of discipline as a reactionary thing, but maybe it's, we should think of it as a proactive thing. Just it's going to happen. Students are going to make poor choices. So we need to be ready. And, you know, the, the, the part about discipline, I think that is, that can make principals so tired is that it never ends. And I, I've, I think that mindset there is to accept that there's going to be discipline referrals. You're never going to get your school to the point where every child walks in, sits down and is compliant for seven hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so we have to accept that, that kids are learning and they're growing and they're going to get sent to the office and it's going to derail your day. 
um, but new principals shouldn't feel like it's a personal failure when a student makes a, a poor choice. Well, and let me speak to my veteran leaders out there too, because some of you may have been in this work for a while and you've you know, you've got some things figured out. I want you to take a look around at your, it, in your own community. Maybe it's in your own building, or maybe it's the buildings within your own district, or maybe it's a community next to yours. Look for that younger leader and recognize that they haven't had those experiences you've had and offer help. Just, just say, is there anything you still have questions about? Could I walk you through some scenarios before you hit them? Because Jen, I was an assistant principal for nine years before I became a high school principal. And so I did have a lot of years of managing discipline, but I also had the privilege of being on teams where I got to train a lot of assistant, new assistants stepping in that were doing the roles I had been doing for a while. And that's literally what I would do. I would literally walk them through a day of let's just go through some scenarios of things that are going to happen from right. the beginning to the very end and where you put the file when it's done yep. um, so that they could have walked through that process and feel some comfort in knowing I know how to do this. Right. I, the last point I'll make is I have come with time to know there's never any absolutes in terms mm-hmm. of discipline. When I started a, um, a, a teacher friend of mine said, you need to tell those teachers if they send a kid to the office, now it's your problem. It's not theirs anymore. And they don't get any input. And I thought, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't believe that now. I think sometimes that's the case, but not always. There are times, for example, a teacher who never has any discipline issues, they send a student to the office. I'm not going to discipline that student without going down and saying to the teacher, tell me what you think. I mean, you mm-hmm. never have students here. Tell me how egregious was it? Tell me all that. And, and that's just part of the investigation. But mm-hmm. I would also add, tell me what you think the situation warrants. And then we would talk it through. I wouldn't say, tell me what it warrants. Okay, I'm still going to do what I want. I would really take their insight. And, and I think it's a very fine line there between doing what the teacher wants and getting their input. But it wasn't, to me, again, the learning is about there's never absolutes with human beings, especially human beings, to your point, that are emotional, that are feeling like something bad has happened and something worse is about to happen. It's all a very, very delicate dance with all the people involved. And there's never a time to say, well, this is what it is. This is what I've decided. it, It should be a process and a journey that you don't take alone. Well, thank you for saying that, Jen. And as we wrap up this week's conversation, I want to just say three things to Principal Matters listeners as we're leaving. And these are three go-to resources. First of all, I just want to bring you back to Jen's first book, You're the Principal, Now What? Because that's a great book to revisit if you are stepping into this work for the first time, or maybe you're like me and you want to do the Harry Wong thing. It's a great book to revisit because sometimes we need reminders of that. Or if you want to check out my book, my first book, Principal Matters, then that book also just unpacks lots of scenarios of ways that you can be managing those different hats you wear as a coach and a manager and a counselor and a servant leader and a communicator and a team player and an individual. And then the third thing I want to point you to is you might want to consider reaching out to join a mastermind or for coaching from either Jen or from me. And if that's something that you think would be a benefit for you going into this school year, then just shoot me an email at will at williamdparker.com. And you can just put mastermind or coaching in the title and tell me a little bit about your school. And we would love to just connect with you. And if we're available, we'd love to have a conversation. And if we're not available, we'd love to point you to our resources or other friends that we know that do um, work with principals. But I've just discovered Jen, just like in this circle that you and I have here, that the more often leaders can pull together, the more powerful 
solutions are going to find. And so Principal Matters listeners, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Jen, any words you want to add here as we wrap up this week? No, this has been a lot of fun because I think there's, again, so many new principals out there who are feeling a little bit nervous and anxious, but, you know, have faith in yourself and remember, you don't need to be a master of anything right now. You'll get there. And do not forget to laugh. Because have, fun. because have fun and don't look at those silly, crazy kids as they're coming in and just give yourself permission to find out, to see the comical things, to listen into their silly conversations, to just bust up when you hear them say something really ridiculous. Because if you don't find joy in every single day that you're doing this work, you're just going to be miserable. And right. so don't let so yourself true. be miserable. Let yourself find joy in the teachers and the kids and the moments. Um, because kids like to be around people that like what they do. Exactly. Kids that like to be around happy people and kids should be around happy people. All right. Well, until <laughs> next time, thanks for doing what matters and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.